Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behavior Show. Um, this is our next episode, episode nine, all about one of my favorite subjects, startups. And guys, if you are in the room, you can come up, ask questions, we'll do these half an hour value episodes. So do appreciate people sharing the room as well. And on the Human Behavior Show, I've been able to interview some great guests, a lot of my leadership team on Human Behavior Club that I'm super proud of, and really find out about what they're up to, what they do. And I've learned a lot. I think a lot of people will enjoy the one we have lined up today. Um, So on the Human Behavior Show, we talk about a whole host of subjects, psychology, decision-making, human behavior, wellness, health, AI, tech, and startups. And I think startups are a great way to figure out how people make decisions. You have to make a lot of decisions in startups. I have my own startup and it's high stress, fast decision making. And it's really interesting to see how humans behave in that. So today we are joined by my good friend Shashank, um, who is one of the top 100 Asians in UK tech won that award and has a really good uh, biography as well. So I'm going to let Shashank introduce himself. Hey, Shashank, nice to have you on the Human Behavior Show. Would love if you can give the listeners a bit of a, a bio on what you've done. Hey, Shaheb, good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Shashank Kansal. I am based in the UK. I have been building tech companies since the 90s. Uh, I am Absolutely interested in how humans behave around the world. I'm one country short of 100, which I will hopefully achieve this year, 100th country. And I love all things technology and how technology helps people develop, learn, uh, educate, uh, find better healthcare, and basically improve lives. Uh, And I have been doing it for decades and I still am that curious person so anything new that is a technology which helps people around in their productivity or in their business or in their life is really fascinating to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me uh, and good to be here. Yes, yeah, Shashank, it'd be lovely uh, catching up with you. And you're one of the nicest guys I've met on Clubhouse, I must say. I know I have one regret that on Clubhouse, I've just met so many people that I've not My vibe and you know a lot of you meet Avi there's you there's a few others as well and even though I don't know you guys that deeply I get this sense of you know we, we stand for a similar vision we're all pretty respectful and yeah it's been great going to some of your rooms as well and hearing you speak and that's great <laughs> you hit 95 countries that I hear and uh, gonna hit 100 soon hopefully that's a lot of countries. I think I've been to about 20, so maybe one-fifth of where you've been to. But yeah, tell us actually, let's start off with what got you into traveling and, and how do you think traveling kind of helps someone kind of broaden their experiences and, and does it help with startups even? Well, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, travel, I have, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a coincidence that never ceased to amaze me. I was 11 years old and my parents had gifted me a world map, a political world map. It was the size of like four feet long and two and a half feet wide. And then I stuck it on my wall in my bedroom. And since the age of 11, that fascination by the names of the countries and the capitals and the cities uh, just continued to grow. And uh, whenever I would see those names, I would want to go and see those places and scratch the surface and know what the people are like, what kind of food they eat, uh, 
what kind of language they speak. Uh, I speak five languages. I understand five more. And uh, I can count, if I count maths and music as languages as well, then that could make it 12. So yeah, that fascination just grew. So from early age, from the age of 11, my purpose became that I wanted to make a decent amount of money so that I could travel the world. And that kind of became the theme in my life that uh, I wanted to make money. And that the uh, 90s, the internet was just arriving across the world. And I stumbled across from a very traditional family with traditional businesses over to technology. And that became my thing that, you know, I would make money so I could travel. And it just so happened that I would attend tons and tons of events and meetings or conferences around the world. And that took me the first half of my travels were basically related to business or conferences or something related to startup ecosystem or how would the domain names work in the world? How should be the IP management should happen? How should be technology for voice or technology for education or technology for healthcare? So yeah, very, very, you know, it's a very silly story, uh, world map as a gift, birthday <laughs> gift and made me travel and made me do what they did. Yeah, I mean, that's super interesting. You had this map and then you made an objective to kind of see these countries. I mean, ambitious, and you were, you had a purpose. You wanted to, you know, travel and, and make money to enable you to do that. And you have done that. So now let's focus a bit more on, on your startups. I'm, I'm super fascinated to hear. So you seem to be a serial entrepreneur. What was your first company and what got you started with it? I would love to know. And then we'll kind of go into the others. Sure. So, I mean, uh... I, I always have short version, the long version. I'll give you the short version. So my, my first business, I don't call it startup. Like my first business was a retail business because my family had tons of other retail stuff. So I, you know, was given one retail to say, okay, you manage this. This is early 90s, 91, 92. Uh, and I had finished my senior high school. I was in college and I was doing that on the side. And that's the kind of hustle culture that you would do two, three things at the same time. At the same time, the internet as it started progressing, 94 onwards. Uh, so I got involved in this uh, ISP business, the internet service provision business. And actually it was before ISP, it was ESP, email service provision. So before the internet, we started a company which was basically just providing email services, email mailboxes for people. So people could dial into our servers, download their emails, or you know, compose their emails on their desktop and then click on our connect our servers through their modem and telephone line, and send emails around the world. And then we progressed from there. Second, you know, addition was full internet services. Then it was uh, at that time, I had a, a lot of young people probably don't remember. There used to be fax machines where you could put a paper, almost like a photocopy, and that photocopy would arrive anywhere in the world. That was another fax machine at the other end of the telephone line anywhere in the world. So we converted uh, another business, which was so you could fax that locally because local call charges were literally negligible. Whereas international call charges used to be sometimes if you had sent from Asia to the US, it would be $2 a minute for sending a fax. And if it was a graphic, it would take three minutes to transmit it. So that would be $6 to send one A4 page. So we converted that to over internet protocol. And then one thing after the other happened. So, you know, and the businesses went on and I became uh, involved in money, multiple things, tele technology to telecom, telecom to data centers and onwards. Yeah, a lot of, lot of good memories. 
<laughs> wow, that's so you're super into tech, and, and you said you found me at businesses and you took that wing. Um, and, and that was your first startup. So you got into businesses super early, you said straight out of high school. Um, how was that experience? What were some of the challenges that you think you had? And then after that, what were your next companies? I'd love an overview of kind of the next companies you did. Sure, it, it is challenging, but you know, when, when people are young, this is why you see the startup ecosystem, a lot of young people. Young people are super ambitious. Every young person, you know, looks up in the sky at night, looks at the stars, and ambition has no limitation, and imagination has no limitation. And a lot of the things that experienced people think of risk first, whereas young people have less experiences, so they think of opportunities first rather than the risk first and that is why i think the whole startup ecosystem is always you know absolutely flooded with young people because they do not look at risks they look at the opportunities first uh, which is true which is true for me it, i still, still see true for young people now and this is why technology became so much easier because it was not like setting up a factory which would require real estate and machinery and plant and all that whereas technology, you could start something with very, very minimal resources, and you could have a very small prototype, you could test it on, you know, customers, customers give you feedback, you build, you fail, you restart again, you pivot very easily. So the cost of pivoting is very less compared to if you were setting up, let's say, a, a shoe factory or, a, you know, milk dairy, that's a, too much difficult to pivot, whereas technology is easier. So yeah, that was my first business, which is email service. Then moved on from that, like, you know, expanded that into internet, from internet to fax over internet. And then, you know, um, set up a telecom company, which was a pagers. Uh, you are in uh, healthcare and you're a doctor. So, you know, like uh, even today in hospitals, doctors and nurses have pagers where they get paged from their department or whatever. So I created a nationwide uh, paging network. This was pre-mobile telephones uh, kind of scenario. Mobiles were that not that common and mobile cost charges were, call charges were still very expensive. Uh, yeah, and one on one after the other, one after the other. And this is, I was young, I was silly, I was a risk taker, and I looked at more opportunities that existed rather than what could go wrong. And one thing after the other, and that's how it happened. And I find super lucky right place, right time, right team, right opportunities. I mean, well done on that. That's quite the track record that you kept going and you didn't lose steam. I mean, it takes a lot. So out of these these businesses, did you? So what did you do in the end? Did you exit? Did you still have them? Are they still growing? Uh, what happened to them? Uh, <laughs> uh, some good, some bad. So some good memories, of course, uh, very good success rate, you know, 100% quarter-on-quarter growth. Uh, some exit, really, really good exit. So, for example, my paging company, I did uh, more than 30x within seven months. We stopped from, from, oh, wow. conce- from conception to purchase of equipment to deployment to nationwide and 30x exit, 30x exit within seven to nine months. Uh, one of the companies was not so easy exit. It was pretty, pretty similar to what you probably heard. Uh, uh, very, uh, you know, messy founder issues. Uh, you must have heard of the Facebook issues, how 
the co-founders yeah. were, you know, they didn't, they went through different path and they had a very messy scenario. I have had that share as well. And thereafter, yeah, so it's a mixed bag. Not everything is clean, but yes, it's a mixed bag. Some acquisitions, some mergers, some exits, some clean exits, some messy exits some heartbreaks, some, you know, lost opportunities because of the messiness that comes with some of these scenarios. But yeah, it's, it's been, I, looking back, I think because all those things happened to me in very early, before, before I was 30, all those things had happened, messy, clean, fast growth, super fast, hyper growth, travel around the world, learning from different places, consulting to really, really large companies, setting up a you know, satellite, uh, VSAT network, virtual, uh, uh, small aperture satellite connectivity for internet, uh, working with the United Nations in Geneva, uh, setting up telecom uh, structures and laws and helping, not, not setting up myself, but helping countries uh, set up their e-commerce laws way back in 98. Uh, there was a book that was written by Anktad called Building Confidence about e-commerce. I was contributor to that book as well. And then I hosted a uh, conference with 70 plus countries, least developed countries of how they can develop internet infrastructure or e-commerce framework so their countries can progress. This is way back in 90s and I was not even 30. So, you know, uh, all those things uh, are absolutely phenomenal looking back i think uh, best times uh, at that time i thought like uh, this is uh, it was unbelievable it was unbelievable every single moment i look back again and i think uh, i'm always thankful very grateful for all the people all the opportunities and all the uh, things that came along at that time Shashank, i would love that i think between in your 30s is a time opportunities and took as well I was like you know I'm fearless in my certain stability in my life and I actually just turned 30 in January so a lot of my risks you know especially in medical path um, after 25 I graduated med school at 25 and then the last five years I've been involved in health tech startups um, you know clubhouse my own startup um advising startups, doing a lot of this stuff. And, and I feel finally my 30, I'm, I'm a bit stable what I'm doing and things have kind of worked out now. But in the last five years, I've been everywhere all over the place trying to just grow uh, and try things. And, and I love that story that you, that you just told. Um, and I would absolutely agree with you. So Shashank, so then let's get some advice from you for the listeners, high value of all the experience you have and, and what you have to share. What advice would you give to someone? Firstly, let's start off with, who wants to do a startup, start a company, what should they be thinking about? How should they be, if they have an idea, how do they prove that concept? How do they think about it becoming an actual business and becoming profitable and testing it out? Shoaib, first of all, congratulations to turning 30. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, second piece, second piece. You said um, uh, I was high risk taker, but I'm toward, going towards stable. It is good to go towards stable at 30 or 30 plus, but don't lose that spark. Keep that spark alive forever because some people pivot and start becoming stable and they start thinking differently. But I think 
yes, everybody can be trained to start a company. Everybody can be trained to do certain things with enough practice or enough knowledge, enough whatever learning. But some people have that risk taking in them. Most people don't. So you are the kind of person who does. So keep that alive. And I'm pretty sure it'll be alive because you are an experimentative person. You are very personable. You reach out to absolute strangers and make friends with them. So you are already on that top 1% people who are super networkers and super creators. So I'm so glad that your friend, uh, again, uh, very similar to you, like, you know, we've come to know each other through Clubhouse. And now I feel like a lot of you like real friends as if I've known you <laughs> Absolutely, Shashank. I mean, you can. I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a friend, even though we've never met. And this is the case on Clubhouse. People and you feel like, you know, you trust them. Like I... 100% someone said, who do you trust in Clubhouse? Your name would be up there for me. And I kind of said that. And it's interesting, these feelings we we experience on, on an app, which is almost two-dimensional, right? And the power yeah. of voice. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, I hope I keep my, my energy, my startup stuff, because I know doctors can be very conservative. And I'm just lucky to have found you know, people like you and other startup people who've kept my you know inspiration going. So, so, so thanks for that. Thank you. Now, for uh, people who have ideas... Uh, and age is no factor. A nine-year-old can have an idea and a 90-year-old can have an idea. And I have both examples within the past two years. And as you know, you are a medical doctor. And medical doctors have a lot of respect because the amount of years that they have to study is just absolutely phenomenal. I can't even think, you know, if I would have been so patient uh, to go that many years of rigorous training and then, you know, uh, what do you call it, apprenticeship, not apprenticeship, it's like observership or, you know, attached to a hospital for a certain number of years, etc. That is just absolutely, my brother, my brother's wife is a medical doctor. So I can see that in the family as well. And my, some of my cousins are doctors and I just absolutely have a lot of respect for them because becoming a doctor is giving. It comes from a point of giving at the first place. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's not about anything else because they want to give because it's so grueling that if you didn't have that giving nature, you would never become a doctor. Uh, you would At some point, you would say, okay, I'm done with it. I don't want to do this. That's number one. Now, young people are old. So even nine-year-old these days, I have, a, I have two kids, nine-year-old and 11-year-old. Even they ask me questions which make me and their friends, they ask questions like, how does this game work? What can I do with my art project? Or what can I do with my science project? That's curiosity. That curiosity exists in human brain by default. It's a society that kills that curiosity by saying, don't do this. If you do this, something bad would happen, etc. So all the young people, I would say, keep the curiosity alive. Because more curious you are in, more likely you'll ask questions and more questions you ask, more likely you will find one thing that will be really exciting to you and you will go towards that. And coming back to my 11 year old world map, right? That curiosity of looking at the world map and wanting to see those places drove me towards the path and multiple things aligned, you know, connecting the dots happened and it went forward. The second piece for people who have ideas, people who are really old. so. Uh, you have heard of probably Captain Tom Moore, 99-year-old, during pandemic, right? Yeah, absolutely. He was, yes. he was a legend and walking in his garden. <laughs> exactly. So 99-year-old man who thought that he had, he had retired like 35 years ago. And 
he just wanted to walk the garden 100 steps and raise 1,000 pounds for charity at the time when everybody was suffering. His family was worried about his health. He obviously wanted to do this at, you know, where something could be raised. 1,000 pounds was his target, 100 laps in his back garden. At the age of 99, that gentleman managed to achieve that not one. I mean, how many percentage growth you could say? He managed to raise nearly $50 million, managed to get knighthood within that time, get millions of cards on his birthday, and you know, motivate so many people that at the time, darkest time of our humanity that we have ever seen, any one of us, where the entire world was shut down, absolutely unprecedented, uh, a natural phenomena that nobody could have you know, prepared for, even there, you can create an opportunity. So ideas come to you, but you need to look at what is the total addressable market for that idea. Majority of the people just do not know. Airbnb story, you probably have heard Brian Chesky and you know his friends when they were trying to put an airbed in their apartment and provide breakfast for people who were not able to find hotel rooms. Nobody would have thought in their sound mind that that idea would ever become global. But sometimes it's the drive and then keep working on it. Keep solving the problems that come across your way. Because initially, when they had put that together, nobody wanted to give them money, but they managed to raise some money. But then, even then, people were not booking. And they realized the problem that people were not booking the rooms were because the photographs were absolutely rubbish. So they hired professional photographers to put those, and that was one of the turning points. They ran out of money, so they raised money by selling cereal boxes at a political campaign, uh, political convention, $30,000. You probably heard that story. So these multiple things happen. In life, when you have an idea, these are obstacles, but let, don't let those obstacles bear you down, but think, is there a bigger opportunity out there? If it is a bigger opportunity, then keep persevering, find the solutions to the problems that come to you rather than getting bogged down or pivot very quickly. That's one. Now, how do you find the size of the opportunity? There are some very, very simple way of finding out the size of the opportunity. So for example, if somebody wanted to start a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant will never become a billion-dollar business, right? And many people say, oh, why not McDonald's? But McDonald's was not a sit-down restaurant. It's a fast food restaurant which can be franchised and it can have that industrial scale uh, process. You know, um, you can create processes which are industrial scale. You can automate a lot of stuff and you can create that kind of a same experience irrespective of where you are. And that is why they are what they are. But a sit-down restaurant, a gourmet restaurant, or a Michelin star restaurant cannot become a billion dollar business. Same way that if you want to create a handmade greeting cards or birthday cards, it is very unlikely that you can become a billion dollar business. Whereas if you are able to create a small communication tool which will sit on mobile phones of people and it solves one problem, tiny problem. For example, what WhatsApp did. SMS from one country to the other was very expensive. So they created an app 
which would take away the mobile network away and they would communicate over the internet which was already on the mobile phones and allow people to exchange messages that suddenly their total addressable market became 3 billion people on the world and that is way that you can measure is my business is my idea worth is it is it uh, is it seasonal for example if you have a, a holiday chalet in uh, finland it is seasonal because people will only come during holidays so you can't run 24 7 365 days a year so that's time how long can your business last how much revenue can it generate so for example restaurant example if you have 50 seats and you serve two meals a day and you charge two hundred dollars per per meal then you that means you can charge two thousand twenty thousand dollars a day two hundred dollars times hundred twenty thousand dollars thirty days you can do that math and you can do 30 55 days so if you were 100 percent booked that's the maximum revenue you can make in a year Whereas if you had an app which was able to solve problem for 30 million people, then suddenly you have much bigger market size. So this is a basic way that I say that every people who have ideas, try to be very realistic. Is it really big idea? Is it a seasonal idea? Uh, is it long-term? Is it short-term? And that's why, what a lot of you know venture capitalists will tell them if they send decks to a lot of venture capitalists, a lot of angel investors, these are the basic things they ask. What is your total address of market? How would you monetize? Uh, who, which demographic will it serve? What problem will it solve? And yeah, those are the basic things. Uh, I hope it's not repetitive for a lot of things that people hear all the time, but these are basic things that everybody should do. Shashank, that was like a masterclass. I could see the sparks going off in your brain as you were thinking that through. And it seems like it comes pretty naturally to you, like eyeing up an opportunity and, and thinking about how you can execute it if it's viable and then hopefully making a scale and, and doing the maths behind it as well in terms of numbers so i think that was super useful for anyone looking to um grow a business so thanks for sharing that so as we kind of come to the end i do want to know what do you think what do you think is the one thing that keeps you going as an entrepreneur what is the inspiration you have is there anyone inspirational that you look up to i love asking that question to people at the end of the show um I, i'd kind of love to know that piece there are millions of people inspirational right so a lot of a lot of people have built amazing things and it's a cliche to mention people who have been successful in the past but there is a common thread in everybody who's been successful they are resilient they persevere they do not give up they're realist and they work with people around them with very clear vision they lift people around them up they listen to everybody but they focus on what is most important and last thing they know how to say no for things that don't matter these are basic things if anybody is listening to this in the past, in the future please look at that sequence that i mentioned again it's very important to know, to say no to things that don't matter in longer term. It's very important to lift people around you. It's very important to stay focused to the, for the bigger prize. It doesn't come easy, 
you know, there are a lot of sacrifices, there's a lot of grief, there is a lot of suffering in that context as well. And a lot of the times, you know, founders burn out. So please make sure that you take care of your health while you're doing it. And it's funny that, you know, we are, I'm with Dr. Soheb here. So he will absolutely vouch that it's very important for making sure that you're, <laughs> you know, taking care of your health and mental health and etc. But yes, those are basic things. The key traits and characteristics in people who are successful and people who are inspiring. And you're right, there's so many, it's hard to obviously choose one. And I think, yeah, this has been very inspiring. You talking through this so eloquently, I think, has given people who are wanting to start a company probably a lot of interesting ways they can think about it and if they should be going ahead with it. A lot of inspiration. And that's what I love about entrepreneurs. I think they change the world. I think businesses started, you mentioned some revolutionary ones like Airbnb, the stories behind them. It was that grit of keep going, keep going, keep burning, you know, at all ends. And I, unfortunately, on the end of that, burnout can be a real threat. And as a medical doctor, yeah, I have to say, you do have to kind of balance that and look after your health. It's tempting not to when you're so passionate, but you have to think about it as, as, as a long, as a marathon, not just a sprint. You have to be able to keep going and be fit enough to do that. So you have to always take care of your mental health. So Shashank, this has been amazing. Definitely get you back on a future show. Uh, we'll do a part two. I'm trying to keep these to half an hour, concise as they've been and add high value to listeners. So guys, um, please follow, subscribe to Human Behavior Show. We've had Shashank here today with us. Shashank, please can you tell the listeners where they can follow you, keep up to date with you? Where can they reach out to you? Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much again for, the, for having me. Uh, I am everywhere. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse. Uh, I spend a lot of time on Clubhouse speaking as well. I do a lot of fun things as well. So I created a an audio game on Clubhouse. I created two of them actually. Uh, again, oh, nice, I, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I create things because I I see an opportunity and I create things. And some work, some don't. Uh, my team and I we have over the last thirty years created about 70 plus world first uh, things. Um, not everybody, uh, all of them is successful. Actually, most of them have not scaled, but the ones, some of them scaled. Uh, but yes, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm always available. I love helping uh, young people, young founders, uh, mentor young people and founders. Uh, I advise via universities in the UK and colleges and uh, people, uh, young people through Princess Trust as well. Yeah, we're more than happy to help. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for having me. That's <laughs> a pleasure, Shashank. Absolutely lovely individual. And guys, Shashank is super helpful. Do reach out to him, do follow him. Definitely can get a lot of his experience and value. And this has been an absolute amazing listen. So guys, please subscribe and you'll find this on Spotify and Apple Podcasts where we published and we would love feedback, love suggestions for what we can do with the show. Pretty new and I'm happy to get Shashank on pretty early. So Shashank, thank you. It's an honor having you here. And I look forward to catching you pretty soon. Thank you. And I must say for everybody listening as well, that Dr. Soheb has been amazing. I mean, he has built one of the largest communities on Clubhouse. And that is because he facilitates these conversations, which are very inclusive, very topical. And most of all, that most of those conversations bring value to people who are listening. So you don't have to be a speaker. You could just be listening. So there are tons of replays available uh, on Clubhouse, and now he's creating the same here on Colin. And uh, you know, again, 
absolute gem and i am so you know thankful that uh you know our paths crossed and we've become friends so thank you again so much for having me <laughs> that's very kind of you to say and we look forward to doing things with shashank i think together when people combine forces we do a lot better and and definitely guys um a lot of the leadership team on clubhouse being fortunate to meet people like shashank a lot of great individuals who have kept me enthusiastic because <laughs> i need these type of superstars to to keep me going <laughs> you know it takes a lot of energy and shashank definitely someone i look forward to learning from in, f- in the future as well so thank you for that so guys we will catch you in the next show um stay tuned please subscribe we would love your feedback bye everyone thank you thank you bye bye